up, but you could also add something, right? And one of the things you could add is just 40 days of prayer, right? Really dedicating the season of Lent to growing in your prayer life. Pastor Sam is leading this study on Wednesday mornings and Wednesday nights. Also, Men at the Well is doing this study, and I believe a Sunday school class is doing it as well. Uh, these books are available if you would like one. They're uh, $13. I believe Harriet Murray is also doing this class, so it's going to be great. Um, another thing you could plug into is there's great uh, small groups and Sunday school classes, but one of them I want to tell you about is at 10 o'clock every Sunday, we have a multi-age class. So any age at all can come to it. We have breakfast, we hang out in the gathering room, and we're doing a study called Why Easter Matters. And you don't need uh, to buy a book or anything, you just show up, and we will discuss that each week. So we would love to have you be a part of that as well. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. O oh God, maker of everything and judge of all that you have made, from the dust of the earth you have formed us, and from the dust of the dead you would be raised up. By the redemptive power of the cross, create us clean hearts and put within us a new spirit that we may repent of our sins and live, lead lives worthy of your calling. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I want to invite you to stand with me and sing number 64 in the hymnal, uh, Holy, Holy, Holy.
Please remain standing and join me in the responsive reading. You will find it on page uh, 785 in your hymnal. We will read responsively Psalm 51, 1 through 17. That's our scripture for tonight. And I will read the light print and you will read the dark print. Okay? No pressure. It's all right. Page 785 in your hymnal. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Against you, you only have I sinned and done that which is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless in your judgment. Behold, you desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Make me hear with joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Deliver me from death, O God, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. For you have no delight in sacrifice. Were I to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. Amen. Thank you. Please, please be seated. As we go into our time of prayer, I, I want to just echo what Pastor Andy said earlier. Um, I hope that you will join us in this 40-day uh, journey called the 40 Days of Prayer. It is um, it's going to be our focus during the season of Lent. If how many raise your hand if you think now's a really good time that we we be praying about what's going, you know, in our lives and, and in our world, and and so that's exactly what we're going to do, and that's one of the one of the elements of of Lent is is prayer. So I want you to join me as we just kind of really dig in to um, our prayer life, and we try to learn more together. We try to deepen uh, our faith and our our confidence in prayer. Uh, we, we met earlier today and had our, our first lesson on 40 days of prayer and we recorded it. So if, if you were thinking, wow, I, just, I wish I could do both. Well, you can, you can, because uh, Miss Sheila's gonna make sure that it's up on our Facebook page, on our um, website and on our app. So uh, after this service sometime, you can go back and you can watch um, Lesson one of 40 Days of Prayer. I also encourage you to, to 
get the prayer journal. It's, it's beautiful, it's very well done, and it will just, just add to your, your devotional and your focus on prayer during Lent. Let's, let's bow together and pray even now. Our gracious and almighty God, we turn to you and we give you honor and praise for who you are. Sometimes, Lord, it seems like we're always just asking for things. But we want to start by praising you and giving you thanks. You have blessed us and you have made us able to come here together tonight. I thank you for each person who has come here, for each person who will, who will watch this at a future day, for the devotion that they have shown by, by saying, I want to start this journey off right. And we do start, Lord, by just confessing, by confessing our need for you, by confessing our mortality, and by reminding ourselves by the imposition of ashes that we are dust and to dust we will return. So in that point of humility, we're all on level ground and we all turn to you and we all need you, Lord. Lord, we pray for those that we know and love that are struggling right now, whether it's ourselves or for our family or for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine so, Lord, we pray that even now they would feel your strong presence and know that someone here in Gadsden, Alabama, is praying for them. And teach us to, prayer, to pray, O oh Lord, the, the prayer you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture tonight is, is from Psalm 51. And, and guess what? You just helped me read it. Aren't you proud of yourselves? You did a really good job. It's been, it's been quite a while since we've had a responsive reading like that, and hearing your voices echo back uh, the scripture is, is uh, it's a holy moment for me. I want you to know it, it's very, very meaningful to me. And I want us to, to think for a few minutes tonight about the seven C's of repentance. One of the most compelling characters in the Bible the king of Israel, the greatest king that Israel ever had, um, a person who killed lions and bears with his bare hands, a person who defeated a giant with a slingshot, a person who is a part of Jesus's family tree, and a person who was called a man after God's own heart. And I'm talking, of course, about David the author of Psalm 51 that is our text for tonight. I, you won't find a more spectacular person, most, more spectacular character in the Bible than King David. Everything that King David did, he did in a big way. I mean, fighting battles, uh, writing psalms, everything that he did, he was extra. 
Um, and so he was not only extra at all that, when he messed up, King David royally messed up. He didn't just mess up a little bit. He did it big time. I mean, we're not talking about, oh, he told a lie. We're talking about adultery and murder and lies and cover up. A big, big mess. And that's what we have in Psalm 51. We have David's heartfelt repentance knowing the mess that his life was in. So before we really get to repentance for ourselves, I want us to kind of look back and see what David had to repent of. It kind of reminds me of the story of the Sunday school teacher who asked her children in there, um, well, what is the first thing that you have to do in order to get forgiveness of sins? And a little boy raised his hand. She said, yes, Billy. And uh, he said, you have to sin. So there, yeah, that's the first thing you have to do. We've got that covered. And that's the first C uh, in the seven C's of David's story, the commission of his sin. And here's how it went down. It was the springtime of the year, maybe about this time of the year, who knows. And normally King David would have been leading his, his armies into battle, but he decided for some reason he wanted to stay home and just hang out around the house and just watch Netflix, I guess, I don't know. He was just staying around the house for some reason instead of leading the armies. And he got bored one day, like we do, and he went up on the roof because they had flat roofs. And he went up on the roof and he looked over at another rooftop across the way. And of course, King David's house would be higher than everybody else's house. So he's kind of looking down and he saw on the roof, on the flat roof, a beautiful woman who was up there taking a bath, thinking that she had some privacy. But she didn't because he was ogling her and her name was Bathsheba and she was very beautiful and David was smitten with her right from the start. And so never mind that she was somebody else's wife and never mind that her husband was one of the leaders of David's army, Uriah, one of his best leaders, he was king. And by gummies, if he wanted something, he was gonna take it and that's kind of what went down. So maybe that's how he justified what he did is thinking, well, I'm king, I can do whatever I want to. And so what he did was he sent his servants over to get Bathsheba and they brought her to him and they brought her into his house and he slept with her. So that's where we get to the second C that comes for David's seven C's and it stands for cover up, right? Because what do we do when we sin? We think, well, I'll just cover it up. But you know what? I'll just stop and, and just confess to you. I have learned the hard way that our sins find us out, don't they? My grandmother used to put it this way. Boy, your chickens will come home to roost. Y'all ever heard that? Yeah, they say that in Etowah County too. Yeah, your chickens will come home to roost. Well, Bathsheba became pregnant, and David realized that it was his child, and he didn't really know what to do, so he hatched this plan that he thought was brilliant. He would call Uriah in from the battlefront, and, and thinking once that Uriah got home from the battlefield, he would go in, have relations with his wife, and then when the baby became evident, 
then everybody would think, oh, that's her husband's child. But Uriah spoiled this with his integrity of all things. Uriah came in because he was summoned by the king and he was so loyal to the rest of his troops that he refused to go and sleep in his nice bed with his wife knowing that his troops were out sleeping on the battlefield. So David's first plot didn't work. And so David had to ramp up his efforts to cover things up and he actually
down to sleep at night is still before you. Against you, or you alone, I have sinned and done evil in your sight. You're justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. I don't have any excuses, God. I know what I've done. It's just always there. And I want to tell you, it's, it's really refreshing to see someone not trying to blame somebody else and someone's just saying, look, it's just me, my bad. I can't blame anybody but me. And verse 6 is something that has really always caught my attention. David says, Lord, you desire truth in the inward being. And that's really the bottom line. In order to really repent, we have to tell ourselves the truth on the inside. We can't fool anybody. We certainly can't fool God. No excuses. Just the truth. And then the healing can begin. Because in this story, God uh, forgives David. David asked for forgiveness of his sins. He said, just wash me whiter than snow. And then one of my favorite verses in the Bible is verse 10, Psalm 51:10. Create in me a clean heart and put a new and right spirit within me. And that's the sixth C, and that's cleansing. Because you see, God is faithful, and God did just what David asked. He created a clean heart and put a new and right spirit within him. God really took something that was just horribly ugly and turned it into something beautiful. And in case you don't already know that, God specializes in doing that, taking something broken and turning it into a beautiful mosaic. Now that brings me to the seventh C. The seventh C is change. Because you see, without change, you don't really have repentance. Oh, you might have remorse and you might, you might be sorry you got caught, but unless there's change, unless there's really change, then we haven't repented. Now, change is hard. Change can be scary. It's like the two caterpillars that were crawling on the ground together in the grass and they looked up and saw a butterfly and, and one of the caterpillars said to the other, you know, you couldn't get me up in one of those things for a million dollars. Change is hard. But as scary and as hard as it is, change is exactly the goal of repentance. The word repentance means to change our mind and to change our direction. And both of those have to go together. And when that happens, God takes something broken and ugly and turns it into something beautiful. So David still suffered. This is a bonus C, okay? I said the seventh C. The, the eighth C in David's story is consequences because David suffered. Just because God forgave him and created a clean heart in him didn't mean that people around him didn't suffer too. People around him resulted, uh, suffered as a result of his sins. But God was able to turn his mess into something beautiful because he and Bathsheba had a child named Solomon who also became the other great king in Israel's history. And it's through that bloodline, through Solomon's bloodline, that the Messiah came. Something beautiful from something ugly. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come down. Pastor Andy and I will, will 
invite you to let us impose ashes upon your forehead. It's not very attractive, right, to have ashes smeared on your forehead. As a matter of fact, it can be kind of ugly looking, but it's a sign for us to remember. You see, the ashes represent two things, really. You can read this on the back of your bulletin if you don't really know much about Ash Wednesday. It symbolizes two things. One is our mortality. We came from the dust and to the dust we will return. And it also symbolizes repentance because going back all the way in the history in the Old Testament, ashes were always a sign of repentance. Sackcloth and ashes. Well, we don't have sackcloth, but we do have ashes. And you say, Pastor Sam, where did you get the ashes? Well, the ashes always come from the palm branches from Palm Sunday of the year before. Because it's, it's just a reminder that sometimes when we're waving the palm branches, shouting Hosanna, we, the very next day or the very next week, we could be the ones who are raising our fist and saying, crucify him, give us Barabbas. So that's why we burn the palm branches and they're mixed with anointing oil. And the symbol of the cross reminds you, one, that you're mortal, and two, that repentance, repentance is the beginning of this journey. Not the end, it's the beginning of this journey. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that when we come to tell ourselves the truth in our inward being, and we confess to you and we ask you to create in us a, a clean heart that you are true to your word and you do that. Help us, Lord, not to just feel bad over our condition, but to actually have a change of mind and a change of heart and a change of direction. To allow you to take something that's broken and turn it into something beautiful. Thank you, O oh Lord that that is what you do all the time as we allow you. Do for us what you did for King David. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, let me kind of explain how this will work. If I get Pastor Andy to come down here with me. We will ask you to, to form two lines. We, we will be right here, and you form two lines coming to us, and as you stand before us, then we will impose the sign of the cross on your forehead. And um, after, after we do that, if you want to spend some time kneeling and praying at the altar, you're, you're welcome to do that, but we'll just uh, keep the, the line going, and then we'll close with a hymn. So, won't you come?
your dust and to dust you return. Remember that you are dust and to dust you will return. Remember that you are dust and to dust you will return. Remember that you are dust and to dust you will return. Remember that you are dust and to dust you will return.
One of the things that repentance means is that we confess our dependence upon God, that we need God every hour. And that's our closing hymn. Let's stand together. Number 397.
God, we do confess our need for you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. Thank you for the gift of repentance, for the gift of a changed heart and a changed direction. Help us to walk forth from here in newness of life. In Christ's name, amen.